0: I'm hot and you're not, but if you want to hang with me, I'll give it a shot. Top that. Welcome to another episode of Felonious Pundits. I'm Kentad Svensgard, and along with me, please say hello to Mr. AJ Mass.
1: I cannot top that at all. I was not expecting the Teen Witch, but really, I probably should have expected <laughs> the Teen Witch reference. Yes, uh, I would have. Ma- I, I would have made one later on, although I don't know if I've gone into full song. Uh, well done, well done, well played.
0: Ah, uh, yes, folks. This was a a chance that I had, and I I had to take it. uh, Yeah, there you go. Uh, This is Felonious Pundits. I'm Kenton Spinsgard. Along with me, as usual, please say hello to our good friend, AJ Mass.
1: Did I already say that? I think you did, but I'm a grizzled veteran. And, like, you know, this is, this is the thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to watching old, these episodes AJ. multiple times. So if you greeted me multiple times, I mean, I'm just used to it, man. I'm getting old. I can't, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <sighs> what podcast is this, man? <laughs>
0: Welcome to another episode of Felonious Pundits. I'm Kenton SpenceGuard. Along with me, please say hello to our good friend, <laughs> Mr. A.J. Maxx.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I am experiencing deja vu like you <laughs> would believe. believe. Uh, yes, this 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 is the Criminal Minds Rewatch podcast. That's what we do. Our first watch podcast. And depending on your point of view, I'm glad you're along for the ride because, uh, look, we're goofy. And I think part of the reason we're goofy <laughs> is because we're seeing stars in this one. There are so many mm-hmm. guest stars in this episode that I don't even know what year this is. Yes.
0: As teased in uh, the, uh, what happens next week, uh, from the last episode we did, we got plenty of guest stars this week. We are talking about season four, episode four of criminal minds entitled simply paradise. Knocking on heaven's door. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Uh, this episode was written by, believe it or not, it was Deborah J. Fisher and Erica Messer, <laughs> and it was uh, directed by John Gallagher, and it originally aired on October twenty second, two
1: thousand and eight. I can believe it because, as you know, that duo, fun, fun character stuff. What is going on with the plot? And I just felt that this episode was probably about fifteen minutes of filler. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with some really with some interesting character beats, but some oh th- oh this 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 episode could have been an email, Kentad.
0: <laughs> oh well, let's get into it, AJ. We uh, start off this week. We hear some rock and roll music blaring on a soundtrack, and we see a tractor trailer driving toward us. It's a rainy night. There's a truck driver. He's the one that's jamming the tunes as he comes around a bend. Uh, all of a sudden. We see that there is a car in the middle of the road. truck tries to stop in time, does one of those fishtails where the back trailer swings out wide, and it can't stop in time. And there's a spectacular crash into the car, which flips over like nine or ten times. So nice they had to use it twice, but um, (laughs) our trucker stops. He's okay. He gets on the CB and radios in for call for help and then he goes out to investigate and when he looks in the car he sees the bodies of a man and a woman
1: i mean uh you know top that crash man there they, <laughs> was some good use of the, of the special effects uh budget and uh stunting and what whatnot uh yeah I mean, what you gonna do guy, guy guy driving gets distracted but the car's in the middle of the road he couldn't have avoided that that's not his fault no. Nope. It's like uh train track stuff. Like you get, you got to figure that out miles in advance to get that thing to stop. <laughs> yeah. So c- good on him for the effort, but uh yeah, the the couple be dead and and I think I think we're going to learn that that gets the attention of the BAU. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, yes indeed.
0: Why don't we cut over to the BAU office and the the crew is happy and appears to be getting ready to leave for the night. And we know that can't ever happen. So J.J. <laughs> comes in to let them know that fact. And she explains to them, Hey, you can't go. There's been a series of uh, suspicious accidents in the Reno area. And they appear to be connected.
1: And no, Morgan, this cannot wait until morning. Because no, Morgan, you are not inv- invited to Emily Princess's hot tub either. Yeah. Again, the character stuff is great. The they, when, when these two are right in the episode, it's fun. It's it's the the, the banter. I don't think it fits this show's tone most of the time, but the the banter is at least fun.
0: So uh, JJ briefs them. Uh, She brings up our opening scene. She mentions that the bodies in the car were Jonathan and Rebecca Galen. And the uh, local sheriff says that actually this couple was dead before the truck hit them. Based on evidence they found at the scene and also the autopsy confirmed that they died of a blunt force head trauma. And then there was evidence that the woman was raped and tortured. She mentions that Garcia clickety clacked and there were two other crimes in the past few weeks with the exact same M.O. Both of the other crimes were t- were couples, man and a woman stopped in the middle of the road at night on, on a remote highway and they were both also hit by tractor trailers. And in another similarity, all three couples had apparently disappeared for 48 hours before the accidents. So this seems to be clearly connected.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad you caught all that because I, even though I've seen this episode, I, you know, I've seen this episode a times to know that none, this wasn't really all that interesting. Um, I forgot how un- uninteresting this was because the director did his best to salvage this and make it exciting by cutting intensely from person to person and all these close-ups of sheets of paper. Yeah. It was like, this is an intense scene. Paper, paper, cut, 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 cut. We've got to get out there. I'm like, kudos for trying. But really, it's like, yeah, yeah, three people were hit. We, yeah, three couples were hit. We, we'll get on the plane and go. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> but okay. We try to make paper cuts. Interesting. Not paper cut. <laughs> so uh, Rossi says, uh,
0: talking about the forty-eight hours of time. Well, I guess we know what he was doing to the victims during that time. And Hotch says, now we just need to know how he finds them, which is our cue to cut over to a couple driving along at night. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say <laughs> that <laughs> perhaps they are due for some trouble soon. This couple speaking of guest stars this couple is played by william Mapether and robin lively two thirds of the guest stars that you promised me in our, our little I, questions
2: I, I, last week like, you
1: know you had me at these two like you know everyone uh, probably knows just from listening that the number of lost references i make that lost one of my characters of all time and of course ethan rome himself other man william mappother uh, map other, <laughs> uh, yes, the the uh, non Tom Cruise member of the Map of the Family, right. and uh, and Robin Lively, uh, yes, certainly the Teen Witch, but Twin Peaks, married to the Ancient Mayor, uh, yeah, two of my favorite shows, two of my favorite actor types, these people who just pop up over and over again. So I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> William Maboff is not with it. He's so sleepy. Yeah, they're both actually sleepy. And after a
0: near miss almost crashing into a truck of their own, um, <laughs> they decide it's probably a good idea that they should find a motel. So they stop at a motel. He goes to check in. And she's going to stay in the car to call her mother and check on the kids. But she's got no phone service. And she even tries to turn on the radio. She can't get any stations we get a fake little jump scare where Ian which is William Macbethler's character's name comes back and just, like pops up by the window cuz he knows she's a little scared here and uh he then after doing that he reports to her that they've got the place to themselves no one else is there woohoo yay <laughs> so they uh <laughs> grab the they've got their keys and they're going to head over to their cabin then we zoom in on the neon sign of the motel, which switches from vacancy to no
2: vacancy.
1: Uh. <laughs> as cliche as you can get, and uh, speaks immediately to the fact that somebody was lying, <laughs> or someone is evil. <laughs> <laughs> and I think since this is the show Criminal Minds, someone be evil. And we'll find out about it after them opening credits. Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds. It's Criminal Minds.
0: And so we see the uh, BAU jet taking off as Hotch gives us our opening quote. Thomas Fuller wrote, A fool's paradise is a wise man's hell. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> all hey, right. but they're not all winners. Some weeks they they nail it. I'm like, okay, he's he's the word paradise. I get it. <laughs> I don't know why. Top that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I think you already did with your with your opening quote.
0: So uh the team goes over the case files, and we see that JJ has a a, a Sony baby man strapped to her belly, so that the Baby can focus on some Beethoven rather than the normal rape, torture, and murder talk that they are normally going to have. I, mean,
1: I don't know that the baby's really absorbing the the, the meaning of the words that I've spoken about, but, you know, okay, yeah, you know, more power to JJ for for, for looking out. We love JJ. JJ's, of course, the best character on the show and always will be uh, forevermore, and uh, so good on JJ for at least trying to do the edification, even if Reed's going to Rain on her parade by. (laughs) You gotta keep it to an hour a day. And then, you know, maybe Mozart said
0: Beethoven. (laughs) Yes. She's like, thank you so much, Dr. Reed. Uh, Yeah. So there's talking about the cases. uh, They all happened in the Nevada, Nevada, California area, Lake Tahoe, Reno area, all near large, diverse places that happen to have plenty of seasonal workers, plenty of tourists. So the killer basically has a really large range of people to select his victims
2: from.
1: Which I don't quite get because he's selecting husbands and wives. So I mean, He's not really focusing on migrant workers or, yeah. or to- tourists per se. Um, but yeah, okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah. And the uh, killer must have needed the time and privacy for these crimes. So that also suggests that he lives or works in the area. And the other thing we need to know is that the press is only reporting these as accidents. So the killer shouldn't know about the fact that they know about him.
1: If he knew that we knew that he knew that we knew. Yeah, okay. I I, I like the premise for this episode, and they set it up early, is that we have to pretend that these are accidents and keep it that way. Uh, So I'm on board with that being our premise for this episode. Let's see. Uh, where they go with that
0: so next we go back to the motel and it's morning we pan over clothes that are thrown all about the floor as if aj this couple wanted to get to bed very quickly for some unknown reason <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, i can't imagine what it might be <laughs> And, uh, it wasn't raining there; their clothes weren't wet. <laughs> 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 Why'd they take them off? <laughs> I don't understand um
0: yes, and uh our couple who by the way we now know are named Ian and Abby Corbin. They're waking up, and she's sort of up and playful and and she wants to get up and seize the day, have some bacon pancakes. He's still sleepy. He wants to rest some more before they have to get back on the road. And what do we want? We want to know who belongs to the creepy eye we zoom in on, looking at them from a knothole.
1: I always feel like somebody's watching me. I can't get no privacy. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> In the hey, if we're <laughs> gonna flash back to to, to, to to the Rockwell era, I mean it's because these actors have been around for a while. <laughs> exactly. Last time they were relevant was around the time someone was watching. It was up the chat. I
2: kid, I kid.
1: <laughs> uh, we
0: cut over to the sheriff's station, and the sheriff is standing next to JJ, and he's briefed the team on the story that they're gonna sell. That the uh, FBI is just just there to investigate investigate some missing persons. It's very important that they don't let it out again. They emphasize that you don't want to set this guy
1: off. I mean, all right, the sheriff. The sheriff again, don't know his name, but he was very helpful this whole episode. He's one of the uh, whatever you say. I am. I'm on board. Thank you for being here. You know, woohoo! You're not going to get any trouble from us in this department. We're on your side. So awesome. Uh, but man, this entire scene, it was almost as if we were watching this investigation from scratch. I mean, could Reed not have already had the three locations? I realized they just got there, but they could have show, you know, gotten there a little earlier and set this whole scene up for us. Cause it's like, all right, Reed, I'm going to read off the locations and you're going to stick the tum tacks in into the board. And we're going to see if you can figure out if there's a, Oh my goodness. This was dull. Yeah. What did we learn in this scene? We learned
0: that all of the couples were staying in the area. They didn't have any reservations anywhere. The only charges on their credit cards were from gas stations hundreds of miles away. So none of them left any paper trail, which Reed says makes them the perfect.
1: Makes them the perfect victims. And of course, as I I don't think this is the first episode this has happened, or maybe it's just because I've watched too many of these crime (laughs) shows. But you, you stay you stay at a motel. If the owner of the motel or the clerk or whoever is up to some shenanigans, they just don't run your card and nobody knows where you are.
0: Yeah, that's true. Next, we cut back to the accident site and there the sheriff, Morgan, Prentiss and Rossi are there and they're with the trucker who seems relieved to find out that he didn't actually kill these people and he's going to go home and tell his wife that he didn't kill them. Um, But they tell him he can't let that news out. He goes into his sad little story. Oh, you don't understand what it's like. Everybody thinks you had done this. They just tell him they can't let the unsub find out that they're on to him. And the sheriff winds up promising him that they'll catch the guy. And when they do, his good name will be
1: vindicated. (laughs) What is this scene? (laughs) First of all, it just happened last night. Right. His name has been besmirched because <laughs> people think he's a killer? Or an accident. <laughs> or an accident. And, and, he can't tell his wife? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I tell Yo, yo, yo. My, relieved that your wife, tell your wife, but don't, don't be talking to anybody else about don't it. Don't talk to sure. the press. Yeah, yeah. I, it, he happened last night. He's still there at the scene of the crime. I don't think the papers have reported... And horrible truck driver
2: <laughs>
1: is the third and the latest of a string of accidents caused by the rain and bad lighting and hairpin turns. I mean, they're not going to blame this guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're just not it, uh, bad reputation. All right. But I guess, you know, they're trying to play, play this gambit out <laughs> a little bit longer. Yeah. I'm a little bit more concerned that the, the trucker then goes off and they're going to escort him home. Okay, sure, his own truck was destroyed or, you know, needs a lot of repairs. I get that. But the same truck the same cop who's gonna now take this trucker home comes out with these satellite photos, which which Rossi was like, Oh, can I get satellite photos? Right. Um and they're gonna look at these satellite photos and they're gonna see that, oh look, hairpin turns, they were placed at these points specifically, you know, to facilitate accidents. Where the hell did they get these from? Yes, Garcia looked them up, but did she Email them No, because then they would have them. Did she fax them? Okay, then they wouldn't be here on scene. I, I don't understand where these
0: oh, photos came. And from. they were they were developed pictures. They weren't no printouts. Yeah, that's what
1: I'm saying. Yes. Like, I don't I don't understand. I never understand. Garcia is. I, I will buy that Garcia is the best clickety clacker in the world, and she can get stuff done. And she, you know, if we have the internet, bleep bloop. On your on, yeah, they're on your devices. Sent, sent. You cannot print out, or you cannot get these photos delivered and mailed to a, a deputy who then has already been on the scene, but somehow has them in the car but hasn't brought them out yet. Like I don't, I don't know.
0: But we're going to just get past that and and go and with the it. The thing is, it, does, it
1: doesn't matter. <laughs> it's irrelevant. <laughs> they don't have to do it this way. They don't. <laughs> it's they just choose to.
0: And even before they – when Rossi had originally asked for the photos, they could have just said, oh, sure, we took some. But instead they had to have the sheriff <laughs> right. say, oh, no, we didn't think to take them. So, so uh, yeah, <laughs> why? <laughs> OK. Let's go back to the sheriff's station, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rebecca uh, Galen's father is there. He wants the uh, police reports because he's going to sue the truck driver. <laughs> Again, he's already found out everything that could have possibly happened and he knows he's going to sue the truck driver. So Hotch has to tell him the truth about what happened. And of course, this is very disturbing news. So Hotch says, look, I understand. We need to ask you a few questions. Maybe you can help us. We, we found some camping gear in the car. Did you know where your son in law liked to camp? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, uh, I don't really know. So, Hodge is like, okay, well, what about souvenirs or gifts that he would come back from his trips with? Do you know what he would give her? And the father doesn't know about souvenirs or gifts. But he does know uh, one thing that, that she liked that he would bring back for her after every trip, which was some donuts. And here's where... <laughs> okay, he says, so, so Hotch says, oh, well, we already have this matchbook that we found from a place called Flo's Diner. Does that sound familiar to you? And the dad says, kiss my grits. No, he says, <laughs> he's not sure. But yeah, he always brought back some donuts from her. So Hotch thanks him, and we cut to uh, Prentice and Morgan entering Flo's Diner. But why? <laughs>
1: Okay, no. You get where I'm going with this. Oh, two, yes. <laughs> this scene is unnecessary. We found a matchbook in their car from Flo's Diner. Let's check out and see if they, they went there. Yes. All you need. And normally, I'd be on your side. <laughs> I'm going to say, though, A, as I said, they had maybe a 30-minute episode and they needed to fill. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to fill... Man, this guy kills this It scene. was great. I was going to point that out next. Yeah, the tears. His name is, his name is Jack Laufer. I left up his credits. He's not been in anything for any length of time that you'd know, but he's been in everything. Okay. Like he's, just, he, he's just one of these guys who's been in like 150,000 shows. And I'm sure he kills it every time because this scene, from the moment he starts talking, he's like, he's upset. He doesn't like the husband. Right. Like, that's not in the script, and it's not important, Right. but he's playing the scenes, like, and I don't like the husband, and I'm going to sue the guy, and oh, it's not the trucker's fault, and well, maybe it's the husband's fault. i like, I don't know. I don't know. It's fantastic. He kills it, and then when, you know, finally he's like, he wants to help because he loves his daughter, but he's distraught, and he knows he doesn't know anything. He's like, donuts? I don't know, man. Donuts, donuts, donuts. He, he, he's awesome great actor small part and i love that criminal minds does do this uh more often than not these small parts they get great actors and and they don't get as much credit speaking of which we're now gonna go to the daughter shop and the waitress kills it Mm -hmm. love this waitress don't know who she is she's not been in a lot of stuff little kid kid shows Mm -hmm. kind of stuff nick at night kind of things but she kills this scene this waitress yep
0: I didn't write that. She did have some clever lines, which I didn't write down about how busy she is. Basically, how is she supposed to recognize any photos uh, that they're going to give to her to look at? But she does actually remember (laughs) these two. (laughs) This actually made me laugh, even though she was killing it. I thought it was kind of dumb. I'm sorry. Maybe it's just my opinion. But she does remember them because they came two days in a row and tipped her $10.
1: $10. Well that's why she'd remember though. I like I I get that that's the reason to remember. Like not like conversation or anything quirky about them because there was nothing anything they would remember, but she's like she's like uh, we uh, FBI Woo okay. I can't get you the donut, you're the FBI, like uh okay. I will look at the pictures and she looks at the pictures. Hmm she acts like she, usually it's like yeah yeah I don't, I, i've had 87 customers today i'm not gonna recognize them what do you know i do so <laughs> oh, damn. damn yes hot damn <laughs> Yo, no 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 10 dollar tips they were definitely here and there's the only reason that they're doing the scene is to establish that they were there yeah which they kind of knew from the matchbox <laughs> matchbook
0: that they found but whatever and actually she was the one that i really wish said kiss my
1: grits but it did not happen <laughs> very true But okay, great. We've established (laughs) that they were there. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with this information. (laughs) And I don't know if they really do do anything with this information, because next thing we're going to cut to they still be naked. (laughs) Yes, we are back at the motel. The Corbins
0: are finally getting out of bed, though, and they start to grab their clothes and get dressed. And they've got, you know, up to the point where they got their shirts on. But then Abby is looking around and she can't seem to find her undergarments, AJ. Uh,
1: Yes, the case of the purloined panties.
0: (laughs) Nancy Drew, that's my favorite Nancy Drew story. (laughs) 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 Least favorite
1: Hardy Boys, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Although it's probably good now. It's probably okay.
2: Uh, (laughs) She goes,
0: she's. You know, blaming uh, Ian for a little bit, but then she decides she's going to go look for the panties in the bathroom. And then meanwhile, Ian hears a knock at the door. He answers it. We don't see who's on the other side, but he has handed a, a platter of breakfast. So he brings it in and sits down and he's like, ooh, Abby, we got breakfast. She's coming out of the bathroom. She's like, ooh, okay. And she tries to grab a chair that's facing the bed. It's over by the bathroom door to go join him but the chair is apparently bolted to the floor and she's like anybody like anybody's gonna steal this piece of crap ha 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 and that's how you have to you have to play that at that point <laughs> right but you know what as she sits down next to him uh on the little sofa there she uh doesn't think this is funny that her underwear is missing she's still kind of blaming her husband But she says, you know what? At least you got me some breakfast. And he's like, uh, say what now? I, I didn't order this breakfast. And she's like, well, neither did I. And then they go, but, uh, uh, how did, how did I, how did they know I wanted banana pancakes? And it's at this moment that Ian starts to look a little concerned. And he's like, you know what? I think it's time to get out of here. We need to leave.
1: It rightfully creeped out that if you did not order food and they the specialty dish that is hand delivered to you uh is what you wanted <laughs> i mean and you had said it out loud it wasn't like uh you know if it was just scrambled eggs you're like oh how did you know i want scrambled eggs? because everyone needs scrambled eggs like <laughs> this is fairly fairly uh specific
0: yeah i wonder if there was a sign on the motel that said you love our banana pancakes
1: Again, that would have been on them to uh <laughs> observe that. I mean, you know, that that but, yeah. probably would be a, a thing. I mean, it's not they don't have radio reception, so it's not like uh, you know, as they walked in, it was like a Jack Johnson song was playing. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to the sheriff's station. Hotch is uh getting
0: off a call and he tells the team that they got a witness who can put the Galen's at a, a diner in Sherwood, Nevada. And Reed calls Garcia, who answers, saying, well, I thought you forgot about me and it hurt. And AJ, <laughs> I have to believe she was talking directly to Deborah J. Fisher and Erica
1: Messer at this point. <laughs> because when they, when they write episodes, I'm never in them! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Reed asks her for details on Sherwood, Nevada. And so... She instantly knows exactly what he's asking for. She says, okay, uh, beautiful little place. uh, And there's about 300 hotels, motels, and resorts in the area. And yeah, I'll send you all the contact info.
1: And not only that, she she immediately calls up this... This website, which is really just uh, something that the uh, the show created in MS Paint. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really, really lame. I didn't small enough town, I you know, I guess it would be that. But I actually read what it said. <laughs> oh, no. About the town. <laughs> Uh-oh. And she's like, uh, Sherwood, Nevada. From caving to sunning, penning for gold or hiking, this is the place that has everything. <laughs> Well, I mean, it has those four things. <laughs> uh, I'm like, okay. Well, you know what I want to do? I want to go caving. No, no. I want to see the sun. I'm going to go sunning. <laughs> Heck, forget about all that. Let's go pan for gold. Oh, oh
2: boy. Ooh, ooh, ooh.
1: And they do mention golf courses later on. But uh, yeah, and, and 297 hotels. But ugh, yeah. those, for those four activities, I can, I
0: can <laughs> a lot one. of caving. Um <laughs> Yeah, Reed thanks her, and she says, thank you, uh, or you are my fine furry friends, and you're welcome, which leads to Hotch saying my favorite line in the episode, (laughs) (laughs) because he completely deadpans, remind me to have her drug tested. (laughs) I love when Hotch (laughs) is funny, but he's not really being funny. That's my favorite. No, he's
1: he, be, be being serious, and like JJ has already noticed the wacky Garcia's being, but she's like, "Oh," and they don't—they don't think it's a strange line either. It's almost as if like they—they pretend not to hear him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that—that that is pretty damn funny. And then for some reason, they devised the strategy mm-hmm. uh, that they're going to go knock on every one of these three hundred hotel doors, right, one by one, to see if they can find the missing couple. It could take days, but that's their only choice (laughs) right now.
2: That's your only choice?
0: (laughs) As Hotch says. (laughs) Uh
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: So we uh, go back to the motel and the Corbins are trying to leave, but the door seems to be stuck. Abby is is trying to handle and and he is like, ah, let me take do it. So he says you got to jiggle it because that's what we do. Just a little bit. And uh, uh, he starts to jiggle it and the handle comes right off. And Abby is looking out the window and she's like, oh, there's someone outside. And all of a sudden, a metallic cover of some kind drops down over the window. And then you can tell somebody has walked over to one of the other windows, drops down another cover over the window. The light is going out of the room. And there's yet a third window getting a cover slammed down on it. And at that moment, Ian and Abby are realizing that they're in
1: deep doo-doo at the moment. A little a little slow on the uptake, if you ask me. But yes, definitely. Oh, no. <laughs> this is not good.
0: <laughs> so we go, go to a break. And when we come back, we are focused intently. The camera is zoomed in on this. Nasty looking Chinese food containers.
1: It's a choice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at the sheriff's station. And uh, then we see JJ This is at the sheriff's station. She's saying good morning to everyone walking in. And she informs them that they have a new missing couple, the Corbins. They were supposed to be home in San Luis Obispo yesterday. And Reed is, of course, on map duty, and he points out that Well, then they probably would have driven right through Sherwood. And Hotch says, "Okay, we'll call me when everybody else gets here. JJ says, "Okay," And she starts to complain about leftover Chinese food. She's like, what is this Kung Pao chicken? And uh, the sheriff gives a little smirk at this, a little laugh. And when JJ asks, what's up? He says, you complain about the smell of the Chinese food, but the crime scene photos don't seem to bother you one bit. You don't even flinch. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, well, she can't smell the crime scene photos, dude.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. The, the, real, the real response to that is like, I'm pregnant, ass. Yes. <laughs> like. Ass face. I'm pregnant. <laughs> the smell affects me because I'm pregnant. Have you ever heard of morning sickness? Yeah. You jerk. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Oh, the misogyny. And he means, well, he's easy being lighthearted and everything. It just, it, yes. I, I noticed that as well.
0: <laughs> Reed does give a nice little, hey, she's pretty tough. But. The whole thing was just kind of like, "Eh, I guess you're feeling that time. (laughs) Just (laughs) whatever. So next we go back to the motel room. Ian is on the floor. He's trying to cut up or open up the carpet. Abby seems kind of perturbed and she's asking him how much longer is he going to take doing that? And he's like, well, we just can't sit here all night. And she says, well, I got news for you. It's already morning. So apparently they've been there this whole time, unable to leave.
1: Well, I mean, you know, where would they've gone? They can't get the doorknob off. Yeah. <laughs> Doorknobs off, and the, they're trapped in there. I, I do think the the fact that that's a way to tell us time has passed, but it's not necessary. Yeah, we know that didn't go anywhere, and it doesn't really jive with the. I mean, yeah, we we saw you know JJ just arrived this morning. We, we already knew time had passed. We didn't need to say time had passed. It's a little sloppy.
0: All of a sudden, as they're standing there, there's an alarm tone that bell that goes off, whoop, whoop, and and then there's this scary like clanking or banging noise going on, like it's going at one part or the the seems like it's coming from above them. Then it's on the right side, then it's on the left side, and they're looking around, and they don't know what's going on. Then the alarm goes off again, and
1: it's a smoke monster! No. <laughs>
0: Yes. So, Ian does what I think makes sense. He runs over to look out uh, the peephole, and he's starting to say that he can't see anything, when all of a sudden, there is a knife (laughs) jammed through the peephole, and it starts stabbing, a stabbing motion. It catches Ian. At first, I thought it hit him right in the eye, but no, I think it hit him sort of in his eyebrow, right sort of in the
1: corner there. He's got... Yeah, he pulled he pulled away real quick and yeah. still got a glancing bow. But I mean, that's scary. Yeah. C- kudos. That's, that's actually something scary on the show because, uh, you know, you don't expect the people to like not have a, like some sort partition there, or a little piece of glass or something right. for protection. Very rare that it's like just an open people.
0: Right. Yeah. So my man just got stabbed in the face. So we cut back to the police station and uh, we have our profiling scene.
1: You can yada yada because there ain't nothing in
0: here. I really. actually wrote down yada yada. I mean, they probably they established a timeline. They probably have to find him by tonight. They didn't use a credit card. We already heard all that. Uh, uh, yada yada yada. Violent ex- anger, excitation, rapist, torture, blah, blah, blah. Her, his mother probably abused him. And we see shots of a woman treating a young child harshly poorly
1: yeah it's like grainy 80s video of of, of this bad mom who's clearly uh, a sex worker yeah and and makes her son watch and so this guy probably likes to watch and likes to torture women because his mom was mean yeah okay that's your uh, you know hypothesis does it matter not really
0: The main point of the whole thing is, let's concentrate on remote motels. This dude probably works at a motel, Uh, which they could have saved me about
1: five minutes and just said. Again, then this episode would have been 12 minutes long. Right. (laughs) Uh,
0: So let's go back to the motel. Uh, I don't know how you felt about this scene. I felt it was kind of ridiculous, but. It is well, what it is uh here here's the, here's the thing
1: it, it's clear that it's they are not getting along all the deep seated issues are coming out and they're screaming at each other they're blaming each other for for being in this position back and forth back and forth, and they're getting mean with each other. I mean they were you know in a good place where they were teasing each other the day before, but if you are trapped in a room like right. this under this stress, all the cracks are going to show in your relationship so I get it. It was a little hard to watch and, you know, we're going to keep watching it. <laughs> I don't know if we have to revisit it a, a few more times, but it's clear the relationship's not like super sunshiny.
0: Yeah, apparently Ian likes to have. Or not every t- all the time, because clearly he says it's only like once a year when I want some fun. He likes to have a, a bit of the drink and because he was hung over, this whole thing is now his fault. Uh, because they didn't leave. No,
1: it's my fault because I should have stopped you. Yeah. Because I know how you get. So it's my fault because of how you get. And and he <laughs> drops the, don't confuse me with your father. And I'm like, oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> um, I mean, look, you know, I have never been in a situation. Even after, after all the pandemic and quarantining and whatnot, I have never been in a high-pressure situation. <laughs> Stuck. With one other person in a room uh, under life and death situation for forty-eight hours or so, you know, like I, I get it.
0: Ian storms out of the bathroom. Meanwhile, Abby freaks out when she finds what was that—a bloody tooth in the sink? It was a bloody tooth in the sink. Yes. Which that 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 is genuinely creepy. That
1: does creep me out. I mean, that's really. Uh, do we do we need to elevate the the creep factor here though? <laughs> They're trapped. He's been stabbed in the eye. Like things are bad.
0: And we get a point of view shot of this from what looks like to be inside the AC or a heating unit <laughs> on the wall. That he must have a little yes uh, hiding space behind that
1: a little crawl space hidey hidey way. Yeah, absolutely. This is some sort of a venting situation, sure.
0: And so then we get a well. It's not even a montage because it was just too, can, can, yeah. can you call that a montage? But.
1: You cannot. You can call. You can call that a a side by side. I guess. I don't know. It, 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 this is what should have been a montage, and yet they only filmed two. <laughs> yes. It's Morgan at a motel
0: talking with a skeevy looking dude. He doesn't find anything. Then we see Rossi at a motel talking to a skeevy looking dude. Doesn't find anything. That's that's all you need to know. That's what yeah. happened. <laughs> exactly. Any comment? Any other comment on those scenes? No.
1: Done. No. Okay. It they, they should have been a montage. <laughs> they both went on too long. <laughs> so we go back to our uh, motel of choice and uh, Ian
0: is leaning his head on the side of the front door right by the peephole. Before we cut to his wife, I was saying, what are you doing?
1: What's <laughs> <With> your head? <laughs> right. You know, you just got stabbed in the face there. Uh, Maybe I liked it. (laughs) Maybe getting stabbed in the face another time would be better than listening to you. Yeah,
0: Because Abby (laughs) says the same thing uh, when we cut over to her and he says, look, I need some air. Apparently he's getting a lot of air out of the people. And uh, she just asks him if he wants to get hurt. He doesn't answer. And she's like, Oh, here we go. The silent treatment. And then they start to argue a little bit more. And then we, Go back to our knot hole from before. We can see that the eye is back looking at them.
1: And, and even though you, there's no dialogue here and all you see is the eyeball, that eyeball is saying, Yes,
2: yes, yes, Uh-oh. feel the hate grow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then all of a sudden we hear a ringing sound, a bell ringing.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so we cut around
1: to Wesley Crusher, Will Wheaton. Yeah, like forty minutes in, first time we're seeing him. <laughs> yeah.
0: Our our third guest star promised. Uh he's coming out of a back room to the front desk of a motel where Hotch has rung the bell.
1: And it's nice that Hotch can follow instructions because it says ring bell for service, and he needed service, so he rang the bell. Good job, Hotch.
0: So Hotch identifies himself as FBI. Will Whedon introduces himself as Wayne Dryden. He's the manager. And Hotch shows him a picture of the Corbins and explains that they're missing. And Dryden says he doesn't recognize them. Hotch asks if anyone else around could have seen them. He tells Hotch, oh, well, just my old lady. I mean, but she's not here. She didn't see anything. She's uh, away at a Hummel convention. Hummel (laughs) convention. So she's not around. She buys those little things. And she just throws them all over the
1: office. And, oh my God, you know what I'm talking about? And and, and what's beautiful about this is that this is probably what all of these interviews should be. <laughs> like, <laughs> it shouldn't always be creepy guy or people with witty rep- repartee. It should be, oh, I'm feeling important now because the FBI is here and I'm just going to tell you everything about my life which must be important to you. So this is the perfect, perfect conversation to get Hodge to go, well, okay, yeah, it's not you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: While he was talking to Hotch, uh, a man uh, walks in. He's asking for a room, and Dryden tells him, okay, just a moment. And then so Hotch gives uh, Dryden his card. He thanks him for his help, and he leaves. And as soon as he's gone, the man comes up to Dryden, and Dryden is like, I'm sorry, no, we don't have any rooms. And then uh, the guy's like, well, you just said, and he snaps at him, no, I didn't just say uh, and he starts to walk him out of the door and he's like, Well, do you know any place we can go? And he's very sarcastic and mean and rude as he's like, Well, if you drive down that way and you go to the left, there's 199 motels. And then to go to the right, there's 200 motels. And I said that backwards, but that's, you know.
1: But yeah, of course, as we know, as we know from Garcia's clicky-thacking, there's only 297 motels. So he's overshot shooting like, how my hotel. Yes, uh, and you have. Be consistent, people. I know. You just be – I mean, why you got to treat a brother like that?
0: I said if I was that dude, that's exactly what I've been
1: thinking. Racist. Heck yeah. <laughs> that's exactly – but in fairness, in fairness to, to, the, to the psychopathic murderer. Um <laughs> He didn't say there was a room. He did not. All he says, he just said just a second. Right. Like I'm talking to him. I will talk to you next. You know. He could have said sorry. No vacancy is what he probably should have said. If he was a decent human being. But nevertheless, yes. Uh, but anyway, that was a fun scene. So now we uh, go back to the. <laughs> sh- should have been an email. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we go back to the sheriff's office, and JJ is there with Reed and Hutch. And she's saying, well, it's already dark. We've only just barely covered about half of the motels. They start talking about "Hmm, maybe it's not remote areas. Maybe he's hiding in plain sight. Oh, yeah, maybe. So they're going to start to check that out. But before they can, uh, Prentice walks in to let them know that while she was working on a lead, she discovered that none of the women in the three couples were found with their underwear on. So this guy leaves his victims in the cars without their underwear, and then he waits for them to be hit. And then Prentice starts saying – shes it's like she's narrating. And we see the now black and white version of the same car flipping over and truck crash that we saw before. And Prentice is saying, a violent collision of metal against flesh. It's like the accidents are the final rape. This
1: uh, – <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Not only is this overdramatic, but the, the length of time it takes for her to get there. It's like, you know, she could have just come in and said, hey, you know what I just noticed? None of the women had underwear on. And then that would have jumped in. But no, what she actually says is, I was on the phone with Garcia, mm-hmm. and she said something to me which made me look at something else, which made me then think that there might be something, and then look at Thing she's got, they're all dressed the same. She's got this and this and this, mm-hmm. and she's got this and this and this, which isn't the same, and she's got this and this and this and this, which isn't the same. And oh, by the way, they don't have underwear. <laughs> like, why did we need that old little two minutes lead up? Uh, j AJ, I uh,
0: I actually had I mean, I saw that, but I didn't write all that down because I was editing.
2: All of i
1: do <laughs> oh, that. Huh. Oh, it's like it's just this whole episode is just stretch, stretch, stretch. And again, now I understand why Garcia was so upset before because again she said I was talking to Garcia but we can't have that scene. No.
0: <laughs> and the whole point of it is for her to besides the underwear is to say that this sexual aspect didn't just happen overnight. This is something that's been built up to. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah that's all it was that they wanted to get out in that scene
1: and they wanted to say the word underwear so that that next the next scene will mean even more than it would have meant i guess i don't know yeah so we go oh, where do we go where do we go can we go to our only other location yeah we got <laughs> the room we got
0: two <laughs> locations this week so we're back <laughs> at the motel room and abby is looking at pictures of her kids She's uh, wondering what Ian's parents must have told them when they didn't show up. So they go over that a little bit. And then all of a sudden, we hear another big clanking noise like before. And they huddle together in the middle of the room. And then all of a sudden, the lights go out. And there's more noise. Ooh, spooky, spooky. Lights come back on. <laughs> and now they see a pair of panties hanging on the bedposts. Like it was uh, demented porkies or something. I don't (laughs) don't know. And then Abby is staring at them and she says, Ian, those aren't mine.
1: (laughs) Which is supposed to, of course, make it even all the more scary. But uh, I think my reaction is very much the reaction. Like, oh, come on. (laughs) Yes. Those aren't hers. So they
0: realize that he must have just been in the room with them. And we go
1: to a break. And look, even even if he hadn't even if they were hers, he still would have just been in the room with them. They weren't on the headboard two seconds ago. Uh, so we don't uh us go to break. Please go to the break. I guess it's closer to the finish of the episode. I can't believe we're only two thirds of the way.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: we come back at our other location, the sheriff's office, and the sheriff is like he's still talking about what they were talking about before. He sees these collisions as some kind of violent rape so the team starts to explain about underwear fetishes and how <laughs> <That> you do <laughs> how it starts in adolescence with peeping in windows then that escalates to burglarizing the object of their desire from the houses and then after they get cocky and confident after that works out for them they uh start to imagine the woman becoming that object and that's when the rapes usually start to happen and then they Always take the underwear as a souvenir. So there is a good chance that our unsub has a record. Garcia calls in at that moment to say she's been searching VICAP for similar cases. She does explain how she was looking at the new current cases. And then she said, but instead I went back to look at old cases. So again, extraneous information. Uh, exactly. uh, she found a case for a guy named... Clint Barnes, that was five months old. It was in nearby Selbyville, and I just wished it was Shelbyville, just for Simpsons references, but (laughs) it was Selbyville, uh, which was about 30 miles away from from where they are. Uh, He was convicted of five rapes, but the curious thing about it was only the last victim had her underwear missing And she was the only one that was beaten in the same manner as the current victims. And she was the only one who died. The people that survived his other attempts said that he was questioning his performance, saying things like, did you like it? And Reed says, hey, wait, that's a power reassurance rapist, and it doesn't fit his last crime at all. And Hot says, well, that's because his last victim wasn't his. It was our unsubs.
2: All right,
1: were, were you expecting a needle to drop <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Yeah, it's a long way Again, a long way to go to just say Hey, you know, we don't even need it For this episode, but like, okay He's very smart, he's very clever, he's cagey He disguised his, his Crime as somebody else's That's all we really need to know about this It didn't get us any closer to finding him <laughs>
0: right. Let's cut back to the motel <laughs> And uh, Ian is banging on the doors and windows his hand is bloody at some point he's cut his hand and uh, abby is begging him to stop he's hurt and he says look there's got to be a way out somewhere if the guy was able to get in then there must be a way to get out she starts to ask him to calm down and he's turning around to run to another section of the room but he accidentally crashes into her and he knocks her to the floor He's immediately sorry and grabs her, makes sure she's okay. He apologized. He says, I I didn't mean to do it. And she says, she knows. And she's got him grabbed by his face and she's looking at him. And then she says, just get us out of here, please. So he says, well, the way out uh, has to be in the bathroom. And he rushes in there. And then from Abby's point of view, we see a hand reach out from the side behind Ian and slam the bathroom door shut. And we hear the sounds of a struggle from within. Abby starts to go over to the door and she's down on the ground. She's trying to look under the door when all of a sudden it opens up. We see that Ian is there on the ground unconscious and Dryden is standing there with a baseball bat. And it looks like he's about to
1: attack her with it, but it's time to cut back to the sheriff's office. Cut back to the sheriff's office. I mean, it was, with all the scenes we go back and forth, back and forth. I did at least appreciate the fact that, like, you know, he accidentally hits her, and it's like the tea kettle has now come to full boil, and and we can take it off the stove, and like, ah, oh, all the tension was was out of the room at that point. And 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 okay, they do love each other, They're just in a ridiculously. Uh, tense situation right so
0: now we have uh at the sheriff's office all the files from the selbyville case and they're starting to look through them because as they point out yet again it's very likely that the police talked to their unsub the police talked to about 10 suspects in all uh, they talked to, to some other people even involved with the case and so uh hodge has jj uh, cross referenced the names of all the people That the police in Selbyville talked with with all of the people on their lists of hotel and motel people. And uh, remember, we got to look for someone who's brutal, angry, and hostile toward his victims. Rossi also mentions again, let's look for an intellectual component. He was able to use the M.O. of another rapist to make sure that the wrong person went to jail for his crimes. So, yeah, that's what they're looking for. Back at the motel, Abby is tied to the bed now. And Dryden is tying Ian to the bolted down chair where he can have a good view of what's about to go down. Abby is pleading with him. She says people know where they are. They know exactly where we are. But Dryden is like, that's not what Ian said when he checked you in. And I have to wonder what that conversation was, because (laughs) I swear he came out like two seconds later to scare her. But okay.
1: You might have might have dropped dropped the hint like ah oh, yeah yeah we were just driving along the road no one even knows where we are we can't get a signal out here <laughs> yeah hey you wouldn't have to be someone who wants to victimize people were you <laughs> <laughs> what does Dryden
0: want well he wants to know why she's with a man who doesn't take care of her she why does she let him push her around and then he starts to lean over her and says have you ever wondered what it's like to be with a real man. How do you like? Uh, I mean, I never thought Bill Wheaton was the greatest <laughs>
1: thespian in the world, agent. You know, it, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually had this same question for the next scene with him. But <laughs> um, yeah, is he menacing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly he's evil and he's physically capable of, of inflicting damage, and that's certainly uh, okay. I'd still be afraid. But no, I don't think he's cast well at all there's he's he's too nice a guy It yeah. just it comes through and I, i'm just not scared I, I don't buy it i don't believe it which is kind of funny because the whole point of this episode is that Hotch believes him entirely as being a nice guy yeah i'm like well yes of course because, because he we're is. yeah exactly <laughs> it, it doesn't quite
2: work
0: yeah so uh yeah we go back to the sheriff's station of course and uh Garcia is on the phone and they give her the name of a suspect that they found named Floyd Hansen. And uh, she looks it up and says, well, yeah, he got caught with some bloomers and he uh, served some time for some attempted rape. And he was released a year ago. And his last known address was the Crest Cottages, which rings a bell in Hotch's uh, mind. Hotch says, hey, JJ, the list of the uh, hotels and motels. Cress uh, Cottages, I interviewed the manager there. His name was Dryden, right? And JJ looks in the file and says, well, Wayne Dryden was fired six months ago. Uh, in fact, the only listed employee is the owner. Dot, dot, dot. Floyd Hanson. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Garcia's jaw literally drops, <laughs> and Hotch looks like, oh, snap. We cut back to the motel room. Of course. And uh, of course. we see Abby is on the bed, either asleep or unconscious. Ian is still on the chair. He's just now coming to from being unconscious himself.
1: Uh, yes. And and, and and Abby is beaten. She is beaten. Like, she's got bruises yes. all over her face, her legs. She She's, I guess, encountered the, the evil. Mm-hmm. Will we?
0: <laughs> Which they didn't even want to show us because
1: it's like, no, you're not going to buy it. it. We would we, we, have laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not only do you not want to see it but you wouldn't believe it if you did you be like oh will we go ahead act will we <laughs> 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 so we go back
0: to the sheriff's station the team is leaving Hotch says he knows where they're going tells JJ to tell Garcia that they'll call her from the car cut back to the room Ian is pleading with Abby to wake up she's starting to come to and Ian is like what did he do to you just kind of doesn't really say anything. She's still foggy. She said, he says he was coming back. And Ian is like, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch. I'm I'm going to get us out of here. We cut over to the SUV. Hotch is feeling kind of bad. Uh, He was right there talking to the guy. Rossi's telling Hotch, hey, look, we talked to so many people. It could have been any one of them. And Garcia calls in and starts to talk to Reed. But, The connection on the phone line is really bad. She does manage to tell him that Floyd Hansen's mother died when he was two and their father remarried a prostitute. And he just died six months ago. And at that point, Garcia loses the phone connection. And Reed is saying, well, the timeline fits. His father dies. And then after he was in prison, he now has inherited all the victims control and privacy that he could possibly want.
1: Thanks, Dad.
0: (laughs) Back at the motel, Ian has managed to work some of the screws on the chair loose by just tugging at it and tugging at it. uh, He's talking to Abby, but she's fading out and he's telling her, don't you give up. Don't you. get?" It's all very dramatic. They're going to get out.
1: Mellow dramatic. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Carmelo dramatic. Um, They're going to get out. They're going to get out. But then Dryden, or should I say actually Floyd Hansen comes out of the bathroom and he's like, well, that would be something because nobody's gotten out yet. But this, and he's pointing at them, this is all, this always happens. Someone always gives up and he's really being creepy. He starts rubbing the bat on her and Ian is screaming to leave her alone and he's talking to to abby now uh uh, floyd he's talking to abby now he's like you didn't touch my pancakes you must be starving and then there's this guy he's supposed to protect you isn't that the deal isn't that why you married such a big strong man and ian is yelling at him again to leave her alone and so uh floyd walks over to him and, and smacks him with the bat meanwhile outside bau has arrived at the motel and they're gonna split up Go search the ten cabins. this we do actually get a little montage of the search. See several kicking okay, in doors.
1: Yes. See, yes, so Hodge says that there's ten cabins spread across ten acres, so we've got to you know it's really spread out, and, and so it's going to take some time to search everything. Now they know that there's a couple that's missing.
2: Mm-hmm, yes,
1: they know they know that the time is ticking. they do not have long, and so we do get this montage bust in the door. look here bust in the door, look here, and then Reed and Rossi look in a file cabinet for papers. Yeah. I
0: I don't think they're in there, guys. (laughs) Go to the next place. You are 100% correct. I I was thinking the same thing. Reed Reed finds some newspaper clippings, and he goes, oh, he's been following the investigation. What investigation?
1: (laughs) There's been no investigation. You were hiding from everybody, so there wasn't going to be anything anyway. The whole point was that he's not going to know this investigation. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. So, so there's that. He's he's been following the accidents. Yeah. He's collected yes, not the investigation. And then Rossi finds oh look, I forgot his panties. I got I got his bag of panties, all his trophies. He's been doing this a long, long time. All oh, of that is great. That was not going anywhere. You could have found that after you found the couple. There are ten cabins on ten acres. Don't rifle through the papers in the office.
0: Well, you know they figure, uh, uh, you know Morgan's got it covered. <laughs> he's a superstar.
2: Uh, uh, he's got a hot
0: chaperones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, you are correct though. So meanwhile, back in the cabin, Floyd has got a knife out and he's gone back over to Abby, and he tells uh, Ian that when he's done with her. It's going to take the fight right out of him and he cuts the binds that are around her feet and he starts to pull up her dress. All of a sudden Ian finds the superhuman strength that you find in those type of situations and he is able to rip the chair out of the ground and he hurdles himself into Floyd. They start to fight and struggle and this is finally what can be heard. Hotch finds him and, and Radios the team we gotta converge on cabin number six,
1: okay again, I just want to just point out here we watched them buzz down the door of cabin number eight and, and and so I'm just like, did you not then go to seven and then six, or did you start at one and like how, what was the search pad? Are they that far apart? I don't understand any of the geography of this it's just it's just silly. It's all just silly. <laughs>
0: So, meanwhile, I mean, it's just yeah. So they burst into the cabin as as the, the Ian has uh, just been beaten down by Floyd with a little bit of bat attack and uh, bat versus chair. <laughs> yeah, and as they bust in, Floyd is able to get out. He runs away. Prentice goes to take care of of Abby. Uh, she checks on Ian. Ian's gonna be okay. Morgan and Hotch chase after Floyd.
1: And yeah, and he didn't run past them. He he went through one one of his secret passages in the bathroom, so it wasn't it wasn't like he ran right, past them right. through the door. Yeah. He he was able to escape through the secret passage.
0: So we get quite a bit of a little running scene, running through the woods.
1: Oh, running through the woods, which of course starts off again. I, look. I like this show. I enjoyed this episode even, but like, you know, part of it because it's just so silly, but he's got a bit of a head start having run through the secret passage, and he knows his property, and yet Hotch is able to then run through the secret passage and go, there! (laughs) Instantly spots him in the dark, Mm -hmm. in the the woods, as he's had a a big head start. Come on. (laughs) But
0: they continue to chase him. I guess we come full circle because Ian... (laughs) <laughs> runs out into the middle of the road where he is. It
2: just so happens,
0: <laughs> perfect timing to get hit by a tractor trailer.
1: Ooh, one tractor trailer in this extremely remote part, <laughs> nowhere near the highway. <laughs> tractor trailer going full speed. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's dead. He he bleeding. He dead.
0: He he ain't getting up from that.
1: And this tractor trailer didn't stop. <laughs> uh-uh. You didn't even hear it pull down, pull, pull over down the road. It just kept on and going, kept, never to be seen again. Keeping on. I wonder if they his even... reputation ain't going to be ruined like that other <laughs>
2: tractor <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> so then we get a little bit of character development apprentice talking about oh well roadside motels are definitely going to go on my list uh, of things to never do again they're like oh you got a list and she's like you don't they feel bad that the couple's gonna take it's gonna take a long time for them to recover
1: yeah not 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 bad enough for them to actually take a shot of them yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're way in the back they're way in the back in the ambulance getting treated but like they they didn't they didn't feel the need for a cutaway yeah (laughs) okay
0: Hotch has to have a little moment of feeling bad or guilty because he, he talked to the guy and he just didn't see it. Rossi is like, eh, hey, you bought it. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> uh, you know, get over it. You know, it happens to the best of us. Welcome to the club.
1: Yeah, I, I wish I wish it was a, a little bit more harsh because he deserved it. They're like, well, for Give me for being a little happy that you're not one hundred percent perfect, dude. <laughs> right,
0: and that's it. AJ, we get uh, as we pan out, we get our closing quote. Roman po-
1: poet Phaedrus wrote, "Oh, oh, of course. What well, we all know, we all know the Roman poet Phaedrus quote. <laughs> yes, <laughs> things are not always what they
0: seem. The first appearance deceives many. The intelligence of a few." perceives what has been carefully hidden
1: Uh (laughs) uh-huh okay and i mean they they caught the guy i don't know if they perceived what has been hidden but okay uh, and that's our episode that's our episode paradise what do you think what do you think was it paradise or was it hell
0: (laughs) (laughs) almost paradise almost paradise It was an episode. I didn't hate it. It was weird. It was weird. One of those ones where it's like, okay, I don't hate it, but it's ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. Like, like this season is 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 like, four and eight are like my two favorite seasons. And and and, because when they do miss, like this is a miss of an episode, but it's still fun because of all the cameos and you know the guest stars and, and. there's character development and, and it's bad in a way that we can make fun of, which I still enjoy. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, uh, that's the show. No, it's not the show.
1: Well, it, it's their show. It's <laughs> that's, not our yeah, show. Yeah,
0: that's the episode.
1: How about the barometer, AJ? Did we win this case or did we lose this case? I mean, there's an unsub, there's a kidnapped couple. We rescued the kidnapped couple and got rid of the unsub. That's a win. I mean, Hotch may be grumpy about it, but it's a win. Can't get more, more of a win than this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Although,
0: I mean, yeah.
1: Saved everybody. Saved everybody.
0: Not from getting beaten, but
2: oh. they're, they're alive.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's a win. Uh, all right. So, AJ, what else do we like to do at the end of the episode? We actually like to talk about next week's episode.
1: And what? Yes, we- a little sneak peek, a little preview. See if you can figure out what that plot's going to be, or if I can, you know, be deceptive and fool you, much as Will Wheaton fooled Hotch in this episode. Uh, good, Todd. What will the plot of Criminal Minds? Season four, episode five, entitled Catching Out. Catching out, not cashing out, catching out. What will that plot be? Here are your choices. Please choose wisely. Is it A, a baseball game becomes the site of a BAU investigation when several players appear to be the victim of a poisoner. Is it B? A mysterious woman that Morgan encounters at a coffee shop troubles our man, who thinks she may be a stalker. Is it C? A series of women are getting killed and all signs point to a dating app which has become a breeding ground for psychopaths? Or is it D, watch out for hobos, or at least one very murderous (laughs) train hopper, terrorizing families along the coast? (laughs) Um, It was the delivery, wasn't it? It was.
0: You got me uh all good choices aj i i have no idea but i tell you what i want to see and i think that's what i'm gonna go with this week i want to go with watch out for hobos because of the way you delivered that line uh choice d I don't even remember. I don't even know what you said after watch out for hobos. Because
1: <laughs> really, I, I, started I could laughing. have stopped right there, couldn't I? Have? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Watch out. That could have been the whole just <laughs> 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 watch out for hobos. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, well, my friend, I'm going to tell you that although I was a little bit devious this week. You are correct. We are going to watch out for hobos. Ah! Yes, or at least one very murderous train hopper who is terrorizing families along the coast. However, and I was not going to dock you for this, it's a little bit B as well. There will be a mysterious woman that Morgan encounters at a coffee shop who thinks she may be a stalker. Also sprinkled in,
2: but
1: it's mostly hobos. (laughs) Oh... Well,
0: I got to say, we were a little bit wacky this week, but uh, I really enjoyed it. So I hope you guys did, too, because that's our episode. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. We hope you had a great time. All right. Watch out for hobos. Please be sure to subscribe to Rate and Review Our Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to spread the word and let your friends know about us. You can also write to us at felonious pundits at gmail.com. Follow our Twitter at podcast underscore pundits. Although maybe I got to get an
1: Instagram now. I don't know what's happening there. Uh, move to move, move to post. Or... <laughs> uh,
0: if that doesn't date this episode of felonious pundits, nothing will. Maybe go to Hive. <laughs> uh for AJ Mass, this is Katad guard saying goodbye and
2: keep profiling. Wheels up. Everybody depends on everyone
1: else to protect them. Wesley Crusher.